This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. Great to see you again. Thanks for being here. So, it was quite a quiet week, just before recording last week's episode, and immediately afterwards, so the day after, it all went a little bit interesting, a little bit crazy. So, let me tell you what's been going on. So, there's a little flurry of excitement the following morning. Because I was looking out the window, uh, as I do, I like to watch the alpacas, and I noticed there was a fox. Uh, So it was a young fox, quite a small one, so it was probably a female rather than a male. But uh, it was trotting down the path, and then it turned the corner at the top of the field, turned into the field where the alpacas are. So where the girls spend most of the time, it's the field that's got the the stable in. So it turned the corner and sort of started coming down the the slope and suddenly spotted there were alpacas who took great interest in this thing that was approaching, this possible threat, this possible uh, intruder that needed to be ejected. So they kind of stood up tall and ears erect and forward. And they kind of, well, just very, very quickly... (laughs) They put the fox off, so it trotted back up this bank, out of the gate and along the green path and away. Now, I thought, perhaps it'll just keep going, but no time at all. I then saw it trotting through the car park. So it had gone down the path a bit, cut through the trees, down the bank, and it was in the car park. And this attracted the attention of other things as well as the alpacas, but it certainly attracted the attention of the alpacas. They stood up and sort of moved forward. Um, from where they were, they was moving towards the fence. So they couldn't kind of rush at this thing, but they were moving towards it. And there was also some geese in the car park, the pair of geese that had been around. And they were a bit kind of unhappy, shall we say, with the, with the fox being around. So they were making a bit of noise and they, they waddled off and the geese were just grazing the grass really. So they moved to the corner, dropped into the water and then turned around to face off this this potential threat. And there was a bunch of ducks around as well. So they, they all, they're all in the water in this corner. And uh, this fox was trying to trot through the car park in a way. But the alpacas got a bit twitchy, rushed forward towards the fence and all kind of stood there, leaning over <laughs> towards where this fox was and where it was moving around. And it didn't like the look of having to go past. It was still, you know, there's a fence there and there was still a distance, but it didn't like the look of them. So it backed up, it turned away and it ran up and went along up the length of the lake. It was going to go a very wide detour to avoid going too near these alpacas. So the alpacas had done their job and they will. They will protect themselves, but they'll also protect other livestock such as sheep and chickens. They're well known for being flock guards. So they did their job, which was great. And a short while later, they're still a bit twitchy, I think. So a little bit later, I'm seeing some of them staring they're kind of grouping together and staring and moving forward, but but staring across intently across the lake at something on the bank. But there's a tree in the way I couldn't see. So I watched this and they were definitely fixated on something and I couldn't work out what it was. I thought it must be the fox coming back again. So I thought, I'll go, better investigate. Okay, so I went down, got my boots on, went out. And as I moved along the path, 
uh, above their field. I could see across the lake and see to where they were looking. You've got to get on the same line of sight as them. So I got on the same line of sight and, okay, two alpacas on the other side of the lake. One, Nidian. Nidian is a little ball of mischief. He's a, he's a sweetie, but he's a bit of a mischief boy. And he managed to explore, uh, interfere with, uh, get himself tangled in the rope that goes with the life-preserving ring that we have to have for the lake for health and safety reasons. So there's a rope attached to it, and he'd managed to get himself tangled, and he'd got it around his neck. So he's got this thing, and he's running off in a direction, and then got stuck because the rope's only so long, and then came back again. And he was obviously getting a bit more distressed now. Interestingly, his mum wasn't there. He's quite independent now, but she does look after him. But there was another female there, and that was Talia. Talia, I don't remember one of the stories told from the summer last year was when she lost her her career uh, and it sadly died. And But she's, she's a great aunt in terms of looking after and watching out for the others. And she was being really protective and trying to help him, trying to sort it out, trying to you know, how how do you get a rope off a, a youngster? So an alpaca, it's a bit of a challenge. So I I dashed down. I sprinted out. It's all muddy, slippery, slick mud, and I almost upended a few times. Managed to get down there and rushed across. And uh, she wasn't too clean about me rushing forward to the situation. And he wasn't either. So he got up and he ran off um, again to the end of the rope and sort of jerked himself. Oh, I think, dear, dear. So it's one of these ropes that's actually nylon rope, which seems like such a good idea at the time. That's just what came with the, the ring. But uh, it's fairly open weave, very light, and it'll float, which is great. That's what you want for this thing you're going to throw out into the water. But it had got tangled round and then pulled tight, and it was really getting tighter and tighter. And he was really struggling to breathe now at this point. So I had to hold him down. Talia didn't like this. She was getting ready. She was arguing with me and getting ready to spit at me. She is the most placid uh, retiring of of all the girls, really. She's she's a delight. She's lovely. But she was ready to give me (laughs) what for if I was going to be attacking Prodnidian. Um... So, yeah, we had to untangle it and uh, hold him still and down and stop him running away and then try and twist and, and feed the rope back. And But it was a, it was really tight and we eventually got there. Managed to loosen it off, managed to get it over his head and then it wrapped around his body as well. So I had to try and undo all of that. So eventually we managed to release him. No harm done. He trotted off. He and Talia, the pair of them, Headed back, and and just they got back over this this side near the stable, having come back from the lake. And there's his mum. So there is <laughs> there's Shonid, who is who was very interested, but she wasn't going to go across and help him. Oh dear! So I put this thing back. I looped. I tied up the rope, put the the ring back on its its holder, and then I spotted that Nona was over on that side of the lake as well. And she'd seen this, and she's standing at a distance. She's the one with the bad, bad foot. So she was standing watching from a distance, and she decided she didn't like the look of this thing that attacks you. I don't think she was meeting me, but I think you know, this ring and the, the rope, she's going to make it. So she did a really, really big detour up the bank 
and round and looped right round. She that's not the way she would normally come at all, but she really gave this a wide berth. She's not risking anything. Thank you very much. Keep away from that. So she got herself back. So they're all back and they're all in the field now and they're all happy. And I put those high out and stuff. So they they were able to to get settled again. And Nidian was okay when we got to the. Uh, I checked him over again, but when we got to the feeding time in the afternoon, he was, I think he'd forgiven me if if he blamed me, I'm not quite sure, but he he was okay having me near him. He didn't associate that with being strangled, which is just as well. Oh dear. So one of those things that they've played with it every now and again, and I put it back and they pull it off and I put it back. Um, never had a tangle quite like that. So you just never know. And we'll come back. To that. I mean, Nidian's an interesting <laughs> little one anyway. He's the one who, who, when he was born, he kind of slipped off the edge of the uh, the path, really, into down into all these brambles and all this. It was a nightmare. So I'll share the video of, of my rescue of him when he was born, just born, and he dropped off the, the side of the world. Um, and uh, he's had an adventurous little life. Uh, but as I say, he's a bit of a pickle, and he's always getting into to mischief. So that was that was good. So just thinking about uh, what do you then do? Do we take it away? Well, you need to have it there for the protection of, of anybody who might fall in the lake, so can't remove it. Do I, how, do, how do I stop them getting tangled up again? Well, they never have got tangled up before. So it's one of those things where you need to do a risk assessment. Ah, oh, that's a funny word, isn't it? Or phrase. It's one of those things that we don't really like. I mean, it's basically looking at the risk and assessing what is the hazard and what's the likelihood or the risk of it occurring and what's the potential impact of it occurring so in this case it could have been fatal but most of the time it's not it hasn't been a problem before but you do need to just kind of have a look around so what what are the kind of things you're actually looking for well you're going to be looking for things like tangles things that they got tangled in so so that's it would include ropes but we've also had them get tangled into brambles and most of the time they just get a bit on their fleece and it's not a problem but one did seriously get tangled up and then twisted and turned and, and this loop of well multiple branches really of a bramble got wrapped around this little one's neck and was getting tighter and tighter and the more he was spinning and trying to escape the more it, it was twisting and getting tighter and tighter. And again, if I hadn't, for no particular reason, taken the long route down and around, I just wouldn't have passed him. I would have, wouldn't have missed him and found him tangled in this thing until it was too late. So it's, it does happen. So think about that. Things that they could get tangled in could be a fence, could be rope, they're just curious and and inquisitive, and they'll 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 pull at things, and they're just having <laughs> having fun. And they do uh, they do it just for fun. They're mucking around, they're having having fun. So tangles, gaps, things that they could get into and get stuck. Uh, could be a fence again. Could be between a fence and a a shed, or it could be something. Look out for gaps. Physical injury. So that could be thorns, nails, maybe. Things that might collapse, so it could be a pile of food bags, or it could be a pile of logs, or it could be something that might collapse and, and injure them. 
It could be mud, as we had in the summer with Millie, where the water level went down and she got access into the mud and then got stuck very quickly. We had to have the fire brigade come and rescue. It could be water, because we've got a lake, but it could be other areas of water. Maybe it goes deep very quickly, and if they get themselves into that, can they get out again and, you know, just need to be careful, particularly with the career and birth time. And maybe for the physical injury stuff, maybe fighting as well. Have we dealt with the fighting teeth of the bo- the boys as they get older? Make sure they get dealt with the cheering time. It's the simplest time to do it. But also managing them, making sure they've got the food spread out enough, that kind of thing. And keeping the boys well away from the girls. Ha! Yeah, because they, they will fight more if they are aware that there are females around. There are other things as well, I guess, to... to Check and just just have a walk around, really, and just see what you can see. Walk around slowly and have a look around. Just see what you're seeing and does it have any significance as a potential risk, potential hazard. So it could be a hole, could be got some mole activity. I know we have an, on a bank over there, far side of the lake, and there's quite a lot of stone, so it doesn't go very deep. So you end up with these holes that are quite near the surface, but it becomes something that or it could be a rabbit hole or a gopher hole, depending on where you are in the world. But potentially the alpaca, particularly if they're running and and the foot drops down into a hole, they can end up with a broken leg. So there's a few things like that just to be aware of. And it could be just putting some soil in the right place or filling the hole in in one way or another. So it takes away that that stumble point where they might injure themselves. And the other thing finally would be poisoning. What can they get access to in terms of eating? Um, know what's poisonous in your area. So for us, things like rhododendrons are really bad, really lethal. You've got the seed pods of broom. That's really not good either. You've got uh, foxgloves and things like that, privet, various things. Anything that's in the garden that's green and glossy is likely to be not good. Some of the, the berries are going to be poisonous and that kind of stuff. So just be aware of what's there. So what's the remedy? Well, you need to take it away if you can. Take away this hazard. Um, if it's a bit of wood with a nail sticking out of it, just take it away. <laughs> at, at least take the nail out, but ideally take the whole thing away. And it's, we have all kinds of reasons why they we end up with things in the corner. And it's something that's half broken, half, or you do kind of throw it away. It's there and it's, and then you've got this piece of wood with a nail in it. So just check for those things. Remove it completely, ideally. Exclude. So you're looking at finding ways of keeping them away from the hazard, move them, you know, secure it somehow, just block it off with a bit of fence or whatever it is. So you're excluding that hazard. Repair, if it's a repair needed to a fence or a a whatever, or or branches of a tree that need to be cut back. Um, If it's a poisonous plant, it needs to go, really. Dig it up, take it away. I mean, you can exclude them from it, but I'd just rather get it completely gone. There's no, if it's not there, there's no possibility of them eating it. If it's there and they don't normally have access, but occasionally if someone leaves the gate open or something, they could get access to this thing that's poisonous, then it could potentially happen. It's more likely to happen, but it's not going to happen if it's not there. So maybe look at excluding taking away completely, repairing things, and then preparing. So in terms of the poisoning side of things, then you could be looking at having some uh, some carbon-activated charcoal that you can 
you've got to administer it quickly, uh, no hanging around. So you need to have it in stock and available. If that's going to be an issue, you think it's going to be a, here's the hazard. They could eat something that's going to poison them. What's the risk of that? Well, you've checked, there's nothing there. Or there are some things around, mostly you've excluded. Therefore, the risk is lowered, which is good. You're trying to do that. But it may be you also need to think about some activated charcoal as a way of being able to deal with any potential poisoning that that happens because you must act quickly with the poisoning. Hmm. So, I mean, health and safety is one of those things. We It's a bit like insurance. You, you buy it and then you don't need it. You haven't claimed. So you think it's a waste of time, waste of money. No, it's, it's not quite how it works. So health and safety is the same. You need to think about it. You need to take the preparation so that the thing doesn't happen. And then when it doesn't happen, you think, well, I didn't need to have gone to all that effort. Well, because you did, it probably was a good reason why it didn't happen. So health and safety is a funny old thing. You need to think about it for yourself as well, of course, in terms of how you handle the animals, closed spaces, and uh, don't try and do something yourself that really requires two people to manage. And particularly, we, I'm just thinking of a wetter, my big, big brown girl that's uh, very strong and the one who cracked my ribs accidentally. She wasn't trying to do that, uh, but she's just so big and so strong. So think about those things. Think about the kind of things that are around physical injuries, um, things you get exposed to. So make sure you wear gloves when you need to wear gloves. Wash your hands before you eat and drink. No, no, seriously, <laughs> you need to do this. So think about those things, make it second nature, and then it, it'll happen. If you have to have a checklist and follow it through, it's, it's much less likely to get done. So do what you can to wander around, have a look with a different set of eyes on that says, what are the hazards? Then think about what you need to do to reduce the risk from those hazards and remove, exclude, repair, etc., and prepare for, to have a first aid kit around uh, for you, but also get something set up for the alpacas, a bag of bag of things you can use in a first aid situation if they get a cut or a whatever might happen. Yeah. So there we go. A bit of, a bit of health and safety as well. How about that? We, we aim to cover as much as we can practical, interesting, but also practical and helpful things. If there's something else that you'd like to know about or hear about, then do drop me a line, steve at alpacatribe.com. I'd love to hear from you. And... Yeah, we'll carry on. We've still got this low, uh, what is it? Low, low ebb of vegetation at the moment. Everything's dying back, and it's getting ready. You know, and then it sneaks up on you. you, you there's a few things just starting to come. I saw my first daisy the other day, and it's we seem to be early, as I said last time. So that's something that's coming forward, but. It's a bit like the when the tide changes and it's 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 low ebb and then it starts to come back in. It starts coming back in quicker than you realize. And then you suddenly go, oh, oh, these things are happening now. So the vegetation, we've got gorse that's in bloom. It seems to be almost all year, but the, the gorse is in flower at the moment. And uh, very nice it is too. And the other things will not be far behind. So go and wander around, see what you can see. And also, if you can, Go spend some time with an alpaca. Great to see you. Take care.
This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.